Hello, and welcome to another episode of Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information from around the Washington National Guard and the Washington Military Department. I'm Jason Kreis. The Army is changing. It always has been and always will be. We've seen it change in the way we teach in schools, in our ever-changing force structure, in the way we evaluate officers and NCOs, and in how we evaluate soldier fitness. While the Army is expanding soldier fitness beyond just their physical ability, nutrition, sleep, mental health, and spirituality, along with physical fitness, are now the focus of the Army's holistic health and fitness program that is now being implemented across the force, all with the goal to build the underlying capabilities and capacities of the individual soldier. The H2F program focuses on improving health and fitness-related knowledge, attitudes, and behaviors to increase deployable rates currently degraded by injury and poor lifestyle choices. By addressing and optimizing mental wellness, the program seeks to build agile, adaptable, and fit soldiers. Captain Josh Moen is the H2F program manager for Washington. He drops by the studio to chat about the program he oversees, the pilot program that he's working on that is collecting data, as well as some of the inherent frustrations in implementing the program that come with one week in a month service in the National Guard. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation I've had with uh, Captain Josh Moen. First of all, thank you for joining me today. Um, I have Captain Josh Moen, and... um, (laughs) Still sounds funny. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he is the uh, H2F Project Officer, which stands for Holistic Health and Fitness. That's right. And he recently took over for Major Ben Sims. That's correct. He was the previous one. And we've had him on here a number of times. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work with him and, and try to help with you know social media mm-hmm. and getting out some, some good stuff. Um, first, can, let me just like, introduce yourself and... and um, just tell me a little bit about your career so far. Sure. So I am Captain Joshua Moen with the Washington Army National Guard, currently at the 205th Regiment, 2nd Battalion in the Officer Candidate School Program. I'm the senior platoon trainer over there. And then obviously my role as the H2F or Holistic Health and Fitness Project Officer in the state of Washington. Kind of my, my career path has been uh, I was a late arriver to the military, very late arriver. I joined when I was 33. Wow. Uh, turned 34 at basic training, but that was gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously had a lot of life behind me before I went to basic training and joined. And it was, uh, it's been an interesting ride ever since. I, I finished basic training, came back to the state, and then started over uh, where I'm currently the senior platoon trainer in the Officer Candidate well, School um, Program. What, what made you... What made you join us? Oh, a late... great question. So <laughs> I, I was taking a lot of master's classes. So master's program um, while at the University of Wyoming. I was a strength coach out there for a number of years. And while taking a lot of those classes in preparation for getting my master's in education, I was taking a lot of history and political science classes. And I'd also just rub shoulders with a lot of people that had had prior service or were currently in. And there was just this ideal in my brain after taking all those classes and then knowing people in the military, uh, just that there was this almost like a, like an obligation, obligatory 
pull within my my spirit to go serve and Mm. that's literally what it was it was just i wanted to serve um and i felt like it was my my duty to go serve so i went down to denver meps while at the university of wyoming and started the process nice yep Cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, that's that's uh that's interesting. Was that was that at the time when they they um they extended the age uh, limit? So they just dialed it back when I so when I went to Meps in I guess that would have been the beginning of 2011. Yeah, beginning of 2011, I went to Meps and okay. started going through the process. And yeah. then, lo and behold, uh, active duty reduced their age requirement to like 29. I think I just turned 30. I was young to the army. I didn't think about waivers. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And so I just said, Oh, I guess that's that. And then started <laughs> yeah. exploring reserve and national guard routes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything else? Oh, uh, finished OCS in 2015. Went to Bullock pretty soon after that. And, became a fully qualified quartermaster officer <laughs> and then went back to my my first unit of assignment which was alpha company 181 um and there was a platoon platoon leader until transferring over to become a platoon trainer over at the 205th cool mm-hmm. yeah. so um what is h2f i mean like what what describe that in your own in your own words yeah H2F, Holistic Health and Fitness. So it's a comprehensive, all-inclusive soldier readiness program. So it's really designed to optimize human performance in every facet of a human's life. And it's not so much just for military service while a soldier is in uniform, but it's supposed to infiltrate like every aspect of their life and then carry them into life after service. So not just when they're in service, but definitely afterwards as well. And it, um, there's five pillars of H2F and it's, um, the physical component, the mental component, spiritual component, nutrition, and then sleep. And all of those have to do with readiness. So the total readiness of the soldier and H2F, the, the entire goal of H2F is increasing soldier readiness. Mm in every facet. So making a more lethal soldier and a more ready soldier right. to be deployed at any moment. Oh, okay. And d- is, is it true that that came from the uh, special operations realm or uh, that kind of I, world? I or? can't confirm or deny. Okay. I can only, I can only um, hypothesize that that's where it came from because there are so many similarities yeah. in, in what H2F has as a part of their their suite of offerings it's it's so similar mm-hmm. to what thor 3 sounds has. like a, yeah go into what is that yeah you thor 3 was thor the, 3 uh, tactical human optimization rapid rehabilitation and reconditioning so it's a really robust program and it makes sense that it was i guess born out of the special forces community so they i, I think probably the thinking there was, gosh, we're putting a lot of money into these dudes. And if they come back broken, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of money down the drain. And it takes a really long time to get a special operator fully trained, fully qualified and ready to deploy. So it would make sense to take very good care of that soldier. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they developed this program um, to pull experts from the civilian fields of occupational therapy, physical therapy. I think they even have like um, orthopedic surgeons there. They definitely have 
dietitians, uh, cognitive performance um, coaches, and then obviously strength conditioning professionals from Division One A and the professional realm, where they mm-hmm. brought all these coaches in, and then they threw all of those people into a room and developed this comprehensive program of how do we get these soldiers ready to deploy and be in the optimal condition? And then what do we do with them when they come back? And in some way, shape or form, they're either deconditioned or need a little bit of rehab or just um, need to bring their their physical readiness or mental, emotional or spiritual readiness back Mm -hmm. to some sort of uh, baseline to be able to deploy again. Wow. Yeah. So pretty comprehensive program. And it's pretty fascinating um, just how much H2F mirrors it. So I have to believe mm-hmm. that, that that somebody from the soft community influenced leaders at the highest echelons in yeah. the Department of the Army to say like, hey, you should probably look it at did, this. It, yeah, it kind of makes sense. It, could, <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah. Even even for big army, it makes a ton of sense because yeah. uh, if – if it really is true that the soldier is the greatest asset, then it would make sense to train them, um, mm-hmm. build them up in such a way to where they would be ready, resilient, and um, not just physically ready, but all of the components, the spiritual readiness and the mental, emotional readiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need to learn how to sleep, eat, train, and uh, be spiritually ready and sleep well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I can't help but notice how it fits in with like stuff that that, that happens over in the next building over here, and and the building oh, three, yeah. you know, with the um, master resiliency, you know, yeah. trainer course and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. family programs that taking care of soldiers and their families too, and yeah. it kind of all, you know, yeah, comes think, together. For, and that's probably why Major Sims um, and and all of the ready and resilient programs were kind of meshed well together yeah. and major Sims would go over and, and give time to a lot of their trainings. Cause they do have multi multi-day trainings um, yeah. centered around being ready and resilient. And there's a lot of carryover, tons of carryover that is, um, is paramount in a soldier's mm-hmm. readiness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ask soldiers to do some pretty tough things, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and then they see some things and experience yeah, some yeah, things. Exactly. Even even just domestic operations, um, COVID last year, like there's some people that experienced some pretty rough stuff. Um, the Oso mudslide, the landslide. Yes. We had a lot of soldiers and airmen. Mm-hmm. You know, they actually uh, they did some checkup on them like a year later or something. Or I think mm-hmm. it was like sometime after it. You know, they they did some checkups with the uh, the people who responded there. So that mm-hmm. was pretty pretty interesting and there's i mean left unchecked yeah yeah that stuff can maybe boil under the surface or fester under the surface and and can pop up in other areas of that soldier's life if if they don't know if they don't have the tools the skills or the resources to be able to deal with those things um, that are offered in the ready and resilient programs and then also are Mm -hmm. kind of part and parcel to h2f yeah how different is the implementation on the active side to on the guard side where we have soldiers spread out all over the state and in, you know, (laughs) yeah, different animal. Yeah. I Um, mean like active duty, I mean, they got your, they got your hands on you every single day, you know, and they can, they can, uh, yeah. As, as you can imagine, the the program looks wildly different. I know that one of the early adopters of H2F is right over here, right next to us over on North Fort in 17th field artillery brigade. And they, 
they introduced the program and they, they had a full complement. So they had their medical staff on site as well as strength conditioning professionals. And they obviously, because they see their soldiers every day, like you said, they're, they're going to have um, a greater ability to implement the full offerings of H2F. Mm-hmm. So they've got people in-house that can help with cognitive function, rehabilitation, full-on strength conditioning programs that can touch every soldier. And then they can also provide a lot of in-house training when it comes to sleep readiness, nutrition readiness, and then also in any way that they want to deal with that cognitive performance of, of resilience and um, mm-hmm. cognitive performance, which I think is something really cool that at the highest levels of human optimization, people, the, the greatest thinkers have learned how to implement cognitive training while people are doing physical training. So while you're in a strength conditioning program and you're, you're in a workout, you are working on cognitive performance stuff. I don't know if hmm. 17th has, has explored that, but I know at the, the highest levels with like <laughs> extra secret squirrel operators, mm-hmm. um, they, they do that sort of stuff. Like they implement that type of training yeah. to dual purpose it. But yeah, in the, in the guard side, what does it look like on the guard side right now in H2F is a, is a great question. Very <laughs> you know, that's, answers. yeah, that's, that's a, that's, it's, it's been a, been an issue, you mm-hmm. know, for, for a long time with the guard, you know, yes. you, you got, you got soldiers that you see, you know, on the weekend mm-hmm. and then they go back to their regular life and like, how, 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 it, how, yeah. how are we, yeah. How are we <laughs> keeping up with our physical fitness and our diet and, and, yeah. and it's, you know, how is it tracked? How is it implemented? Yeah, how, yeah. how do you how do you encourage people in that endeavor? Yeah, yeah. yeah and and is there any any kind of exploratory means that that, that you're doing to yes. to, to mm-hmm. kind of correct yeah, that? I think it's 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 definitely happening at the higher levels in NGB and then also Major Sims is down at uh, Peck down in Arkansas, mm-hmm. the Professional Education Center for the National Guard and. And they're, they're working with a couple different potentials for platforms, electronic platforms, web-based platforms that can be utilized on mobile devices to provide soldiers with the ability to check in with maybe an H2F coach or a master fitness trainer within their unit to track their progress on how they're sleeping, how they're eating, mm. what does what what's their mental emotional state, and then also obviously, what what's their physical output? How much are they training? How often are they training? How hard are they training? And they can track all those things on some web-based applications. So that's really what what's being explored right now. And I mm-hmm. think in in the field manual of seven twenty two, where H two F is really described, that th- they left it vague Mm -hmm. in how h2f is going to be implemented in the guard Um, in some aspects it's vague where they talk about in the future it it may look like this where there's web-based or mobile device applications that can help h2f professionals within a state or a region track the performance of people and encourage them to stay ready to um, (laughs) sleep more eat better train harder and smarter and uh, so how about like uh, equipment for them to, mm. to exercise with. Like not everybody has their home gym, you yep. know, uh, <laughs> very, true. Um, very true. Is there, is there, um, talks about possibly, I don't know. I think one solution was to give, you know, 
reduced or, or free gym memberships for uh, their local gym wherever they're at. Yeah, that, something like that. That would be that would be pretty pretty expensive, I would imagine. But yeah, I think so. And and that I haven't heard a, a ton of talk about recently. Mm. Um, I think more of the reliance is on, um, or at least I guess the thrust initially was. ACFT centric with Mm -hmm. the delivering of all of the ACFT kits to different armories, making sure that at least like company sized elements, certainly battalion, but at least hopefully down to the the company level, everybody has at least an ACFT kit, which would include a hex bar, like everything you would need to run uh, two lanes of, Mm. of ACFT. And that, that was the initial thought so that at least they would have, uh, a deadlift bar and a full offering of weights that you would need to go all the way up to the maximum weight as allowed for the ACFT. But yeah, that's a, it's a great question. How, yeah. how are soldiers to stay ready, especially during COVID? Can you imagine? I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It was <laughs> super hard because gyms were shutting down. Um, I know a lot of soldiers were, were trying to build home gyms and trying to do the best they could to cobble something together so that they mm-hmm. could at least try and stay fit um, at some level. And it's just, it's hard. So that's the battle that's always being fought in the National Guard is, well, how, how do you keep the force ready when they face issues of, well, we don't have a, a gigantic soldier performance readiness center that H2F prescribes for active duty. Mm-hmm. We just don't have that. We oh. have small facilities. I mean, take Camp Murray, for instance. We have uh, Building 33, which has been being worked on for quite a while. They have a lot of stuff on the drill floor right now, mm-hmm. but there's that. And then, uh, I mean, I think there's something in the PCRC, like a small little hotel, hotel <laughs> Holiday Inn, like <laughs> structure within there. And yeah, then yeah. USPFO has something. And there might be a few other teeny tiny things with a, a little bit of equipment, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's very mm-hmm. difficult yeah. um, for, for soldiers to stay fit in the national guard. And not only that, but like the desire to do it yeah. in the first place, like, yeah. you know, like when you're on active duty, you know, you're training every, every day, PT morning PT, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of, a lot of times, you know, you see soldiers go to the, the local gym during lunch too, to, to get a, a quick workout in. But, yeah. uh, but like, so I recall kind of when I was uh, M day um, uh, when I first came to the guard from active duty, and I was you know asking the questions like, so do we you know are we gonna do PT in the morning you know like you know, <laughs> and then my <laughs> readiness NCO was like yeah no we don't do not, that. not a thing not a thing man <laughs> so um, so yeah so so my fitness level you know kind of went down a little bit mm-hmm. you know from active duty going into guard sure. but then you know as time went on I started you know basically I flipped a switch in my mind. I was like, okay, now, you know, I'm going to start going to, you know, a local gym and, and, and doing all that. Um, so like, how, how do we encourage soldiers to make that switch, you know, yeah. to, to, to actually pursue? Yeah, um, that's, and that's a hard thing. I mean, cause now we're getting into, now we're getting into psychology. Yeah. And yeah. and how do you change this? That's not your area of expertise. <laughs> I understand. I'm yeah, sorry. I would refer that out to a professional. <laughs> but but no, it is a great question because H2F is bringing about a massive cultural shift. Massive. Because as you can imagine, just and I know you heard it because everybody heard it at all levels, all the way down to uh, PV2 Jones, mm-hmm. like everybody heard it. 
the ACFT when it came out, like people's heads were blowing up because they were like, what, what do you mean no APFT? <laughs> um, no push-up sit-ups and two-mile run. It was so simple. You could do it anywhere, yes, right? <laughs> yes. And now the, the world's ruined because we have the ACFT. So that was a, that in and of itself, just one component of physical readiness, like absolutely blew up the, the DOD wide. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I guess I should say army wide blew everything up because it blew up mindsets of people that have been in forever. And I mean, that was a, I think a cold war era yeah. <laughs> physical readiness training program, um, or at least assessment, mm-hmm. um, that, that was developed decades ago. And it, it was born out of, well, let's just kind of keep people generally fit. It wasn't, mm-hmm. um, stressful and you could train for it. Most people could train for it, show up and be able to pass with, eh, yeah, minimal minimal effort um, on their on their own time, but yeah, it, I think I think the answer is there's a radical cultural shift that starts at the top down. That way, it can permeate all the way down to the level of the private of saying hey, this is this is what it means to be a soldier. This is H two F is this should permeate every area of your life, and it's not only going to benefit you while you're serving in the guard, but as you move on, whether you're a lifer or you're just a one term contract soldier in the Washington mm-hmm. Army National Guard. Like this is going to have massive carryover and will benefit you for the rest of your life. So it really it really is a culture shift in yeah. how how readiness is done, I guess you could say, um because it it does take colossal effort for somebody a, a typical M-day soldier in the guard who's managing a civilian career, they might be in school, they might have family that they're trying to take care of and they have all these extra responsibilities. And oh yeah, by the way, I need to stay physically fit for the guard. Like that's that's yeah. a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. And and I think when you're a part of a culture that values that and talks about it and interacts throughout the month, like, hey man, I just PR'd in my deadlift mm-hmm. or I just dropped like 30 seconds in my one mile run. Yeah. That can have massive carryover and can yeah. really begin to shift the way people yeah. think about readiness. We've, we've uh, at my unit, mm-hmm. uh, the 122nd T Pace, we're yeah. just a you know a small little platoon size, you know public affairs unit, and, yeah. and we do PT every drill, Ugh, every drill. Best. Yeah. And it yeah, doesn't it, have to be it, like it, smoke fest. Either. No. What, no, what are your no, sessions like over there? It's mostly um, um, not not really CrossFitty, but mm-hmm. adjacent. Okay. You know, we're doing body weight stuff and, and we were able to, a lot, a lot of circuits. Sure. So, you know, we're just doing like, thir- you know, one minute on, one minute off, you know, yeah. swapping, doing uh, push-ups and deadlifts and, you know, knee-ups or something sure. or some kind of, yeah. you know, because Fun- of the Functional-ish whole. movements, yeah, yeah. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's, I think that's where, that's where... Um, the, the applicability, the ability to feed into the H2F program is so diverse now. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas when it was APFT, push-ups, sit-ups, two-mile run. I mean, there's only, yeah. there's only so many things that you have to do to be successful in those events. And now with the, the advent of the ACFT and the implementation of that, and then also with the, the introduction of H2F, there's so many ways that you can attack it and so many ways that you can be successful. And then really at the spirit or the core of H2F, it's all about optimizing human performance through individualization. So that's like, 
weird culture shift for the army. Like, what do you mean? We're going to write a program for an individual soldier. That's ridiculous. But I mean, that's literally how it's written. Like you look at the language inside FM seven 22 and it is littered with, we are going to optimize the individual soldier, which means that each individual soldier needs to be assessed on where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then their program is going to be built on optimizing their performance and Obviously, that takes some time. And mm-hmm. how do we do that in the guard? Well, we're yeah. figuring it out. But ultimately, it's going to take from it's going to take interaction with somebody that is touching the H2F program and can interact with that soldier to help them develop a long-term periodized program that's going to bring them success and help we're them. We're talking optimize. thousands of soldiers, though. Like yep. How, uh, yep. Can we can we scale up like that? Like um, do we have the the ability to. Yeah, I think I think so with uh, obviously it's going to take a little bit of time because ultimately there would be an H2F program director and then underneath them there would be H2F trained soldiers that are um, certified facilitators that can that can maybe be assigned to each of the brigades Mm -hmm. within our state. or each of the MSCs within our state, and then they can be points of contact for other people within each battalion, hopefully even within the company that can be point of contacts that can reach down to the lowest levels. And so there would be interaction from that that H2F um, trained senior enlisted that can reach down to the battalion level and then the people at the battalion level can reach down to the company level and then hopefully at the company level, mm-hmm. then you're reaching down to the individual soldier and be- beginning to build those programs based on the guidance from battalion and brigade of, hey, this is how you help them build their mm-hmm. program. Um, okay. Through obviously a lot of training, mm-hmm. um, which is gonna be required of those H2F professionals all the way down to the company level. But I think that's how it's gonna be done. It's gonna be. Um, a little bit of a process and it'll take time, but I think it can be done. And, and, and what's your role in, in, in the state? Like, what are your, what do you, how do you describe your duties that you're doing right now? Sure. Like, is it, are you helping to build that up? And so we're, yes, we're exploring a couple different platforms that are web-based applications on your phone. And there's a couple people within our pilot program that we're gathering data on and tracking. I, I build, I build programs for them to execute training plans, mm-hmm. essentially workout programs that they can execute. And then we take surveys of how have you been sleeping this last week? What's your food and, and water and mm. all of the nutritional intake? How are you doing mentally, emotionally? Just certain metrics that we can gather. And then we're going to be compiling all that data and pushing it up to the NGB level. And then, um, so that's a piece of it. And then another piece is, uh, I was, (laughs) it seems like when, when the, uh, when the warden's gone, the inmates disappear or start running the asylum. And I've been gone (laughs) for a couple of weeks and it seems like the, the workout groups that I was running during the lunchtime hour here on Camp Murray have kind of disappeared. Um, Really? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so we'll probably have to, reconnect with the folks that were doing that and see if we can build that, build that back up. But that's a piece of it. Um, just being in touching that a little bit, touching the the coaching portion a little bit and just being in the room helps me to stay sharp and Mm -hmm. think about like what, what, what do M day soldiers need out on the force? What, what would be helpful for them? What are proper progressions Mm -hmm. for people that maybe aren't 
as as physically ready as others that maybe are a little bit more remedial, um, have never worked out ever in mm-hmm. their life. Uh, that That's a thing where I, I need to be around and I need to coach to be reminded of that so that when we get to the point where maybe I'm coaching up the, the, the MSC level or battalion level coaches that are coaching down to the lowest level, that I'm, I'm thinking that way and I don't lose touch with reality mm-hmm. of all the different ranges of fitness levels and where people are at. So yeah. there's that. I have a high interaction with um, our Region 6 affiliates, so all the different states and project officers within the other states of H2F. Yeah. Um, I coordinate with them quite a bit. We share best practices, and then uh, we're on the – the, the I, I get not bored, but just part of one of the people that will be helping like Jenica Cardenas um, and, and Michelle Kloss over in that Ready and Resilient program within the J9 um, to be a part of, of that group to help educate when they have their, their multi-day seminars mm-hmm. um, and workshops that I can come over there and, and help teach and just be a resource. And okay. I think I've helped a ton with ACFT stuff as well. So there's just, it's a wide smattering of, of responsibilities um, yeah. that, that hopefully will begin to drive and, and show the value of implementing and making that culture shift down to the lowest level of H2F. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a massive movement. Yeah, big time. <laughs> Especially a shift in cultures, that's... Yeah, that's always difficult to it do. Is, it is difficult. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess it starts with, you know, the unit level. I mean, like, mm-hmm. start putting an emphasis on physical fitness, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then you just keep repetitive doing that. and Yeah, and, and, and doing it smartly, too, because yeah. I think that's <clears throat> it's probably – and a lot of times that's what I found, too. And, and back to one of your original questions is how, does, how do we do that? Well, even me – who I've had, I've been under a bar for 29 years. So I started training seriously when I was in eighth grade. I was part of a, uh, a powerlifting team. I was a multi-sport athlete in high school. And um, even now, I still sometimes find myself thinking like, mm, what am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> and, and even more recently, um, after last AT, I got to a point where I'm just, I'm sick of writing my own programming. I'm sick of working out by myself. So I was a recent convert to a CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. which I never thought I would ever do in my entire life. And, and that's where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that just speaks volumes about, what about somebody that has no experience or background in team sports or being in any type of, of, of physical fitness arena, what the heck are they going to do? Uh, yeah, they don't know what to do. That was me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I only played like little league baseball and a yeah. little bit of football, but I never was, you know, into the whole strength and conditioning and, and sport like in high school, like at all. Right. And then I joined the army and then just did PT and then, mm-hmm. and I joined the guard and I was just like, that all went away. But like, I just made that decision one day to just like, you know, which, which I don't know how common that is. I don't, I don't, I, don't I really think don't think it is that common to make that decision and say, no, no. Oh, I'm going to be wildly physically fit and right, I'm right. going to devote and make this a val a core value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, it's that's, uncommon. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. Which is so. crazy. Um, and, and outstanding mm-hmm. individual effort by you. And I think the, the battle that we face though is right. how, what can we do for, the soldier that has no background uh, because that is right. daunting yeah, yeah. to walk into a facility uh, of any kind, a weight, a weight room of any kind, or just thinking about running 
where do I even start? Mm-hmm. What do I do today? Like that's yeah. it's even for me who that is my background. That is my passion. That is how mm-hmm. I grew up. And that is my uh, education. And then also my, my practical experiences. Mm-hmm. That's what I've done. And even I struggle with writing my own stuff or knowing what to do or proper progressions, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So somebody who's just jumping in, it would behoove a company commander or somebody at the unit level to have some type of, of access or desire to dive into H2F because even in, even just in the FM, like it clearly gives some, some pretty quick, easy parameters on how you can implement easily some H2F stuff, like field expedient stuff that you can implement um, at your armory, even if you don't have a ton of equipment Mm -hmm. and just safe, easy progressions that you can utilize so that you're not left wondering, well, geez, I don't know what to do. Um, That would be like the baseline. Uh, the easiest of the easy things that you could do is just diving into the H2F manual of FM 7-22, and it's gonna it's gonna have it all there for you of mm-hmm. what you can do easily to implement at the lowest level, so that you are not smashing your soldiers under a weekend, <laughs> which I think might be the du jour. Or, well, I remember my drill sergeants did this with me, or my old company commander had me do this, and then nobody wants to work out anymore because maybe they train like savages on Saturday, they come back Sunday, they can't walk and then they're sore for four days and they're yeah, like, man, yeah. forget working out. Like right. this is dumb if I'm going to feel like this, but no, it, it, it shouldn't be like that. There should be a proper progression where you work into building this, this foundation of fitness and you can over time progressively overload your system and add stressors that will mm-hmm. help you adapt, get stronger, get faster, mm-hmm. uh, have more aerobic endurance all the things if done appropriately, but you can, you can really, I I've done it. Um, you can scare people away from physical fitness pretty easily mm-hmm. by taking them through a very rigorous workout. And then all of a sudden they're like, this is dumb. I'm never doing this again. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't move. And that it's yeah. yeah. So there needs to be that, that smart aspect of physical training, not just we need to train hard, but we need to train smart. And then eventually it will be very difficult. Um, yeah. you can add stressors, to get the desired physiological adaptation. Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I just said that physiological adaptation. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, the the passion side, and this is something that we talked about before the interview. Um, And and I I described my army career a little bit earlier, but I'm very, I mean, this is very much my wheelhouse. So when Major Sims approached me. I think we started the conversation maybe like two years ago, like way before he ever went to Peck. Um, I just I saw him on the OCS footprint on Camp Murray, and he was conducting some ACFT training, kind of a train the trainer type deal, mm-hmm. um, when the ACFT was imminent and it was really being rolled out, and mm-hmm. people were getting nervous. So he would provide a lot of training, and I remember running over and be like, "Oh my gosh, hey sir, <laughs> I'm Captain Moen. Nice to meet you. I used to blah blah blah," and I gave him my life story essentially, um, and I think. That that probably um, maybe spurred on for him just oh wow this this might be a guy um, that might be a resource to the guard but um, yeah it was it, it was an easy hand and glove fit because of my background that mm-hmm. I've literally been in and around that world for twenty nine years yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it just makes sense you would think so yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah it gosh so fun just playing high school sports, being under a bar and in the weight room since I was in eighth grade, uh, playing college football. Obviously, that's a big part of it in playing any collegiate sport is you're going to be in the weight room and you're going to develop energy systems via running, um, agility training, 
all of those things. And then right after college, just rolled into coaching. And I literally coached nonstop after finishing college in 2002 all the way until 2019. Uh, I'd been coaching in some form or fashion, either at the high school level or the Division One A level. Um, and then, yeah, hung up the whistle, I guess you could say, in 2019. <laughs> Um, but then recently found myself back in it and back in a weight room and coaching with those afternoon groups here on Camp Murray, mm -hmm. which is super fun because, man, that passion lay dormant for a little bit. And I was kind of getting itchy. Yeah. Like, mm, I wonder if I should go back into coaching, um, <laughs> which is untenable because I have four small kids. But, uh, yeah, it was a great way to kind of scratch that itch mm -hmm. of getting back into coaching and really – uh, just to reignite the passion of, of coaching and being involved in other people's lives and, and, and a part of their personal progression and development, which is super fun. Mm -hmm. mm. like to see them accomplish, yeah. accomplish great things, yeah, knowing, knowing that you have a hand, hand mm -hmm. in that. Yeah, super fun. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we just derailed us. <laughs> no, no. Um, when, like, like for, for the future, like when do you – do you have an idea of when this will be, you know, the the whole guard side of this will be complete and will be implemented? Yeah, that's a great question. I, th I think based on what you know now and, and kind of what you're working on and who you're yeah. talking to. and Gosh, uh, if I could get Major Sims on the line, we could call him, <laughs> ask him what we're thinking about pipeline wise. Um, but I, I don't really know when we could have. The mobile application prepared because a vendor still needs to be chosen. And I think the Army, or NGB at least, would need to decide on that's mm -hmm. the vendor of choice and this is the platform that we're going to utilize yeah. to be able to push that that offering down to the lowest level, down to the soldier. So I, short answer, I, I don't it's know. It's probably, probably several years maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know that there's, I mean, it sounds horrible, but there's a select group that, kind of have access to one of our pilot programs. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I say small, I mean very small group because they're a part of the pilot program, um, and which is unfortunate. But I don't know. There's ways. And I'm, I'm looking at ways and, and talking with um, our MFTs in the state, our master fitness trainers in the state, and then also major sims and talking to other project officers. Like, how, how can we – how can we get at least something out to the force? Because I'm in this position, I have knowledge and background, and I could at a minimum provide at least some type of training. Like if somebody just wanted to train for the ACFT, which I know sounds silly, but um, there's ways that you can train for the ACFT where you're not always doing ACFT event specific items. Like you're, you're just, you're mm -hmm. training in a way that will support the ACFT and you don't even know you're doing it. And then lo and behold, you show up and take an ACFT <laughs> and you blow it up. Like yeah, you absolutely yeah. blow it out of the water. So there's, there's ways. Um, I've thought about some, some avenues that I could take in terms of just building out one of the old Excel spreadsheets that I used to use when I coached in college where, I mean, that could just be put up on a website and you could literally pull it down, enter your own information of your current known PRs and various lifts and mm. run times. And then it'll populate your values for an eight, 16 or 24 week program um, that oh. you could utilize. So there are, there are ideas, um, just the implementation side and, and what is that gonna look like? How, how do I, because man, being in the industry as long as I have, I've had so many people say, hey, can you write me a program? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could. <laughs> but the likelihood of you actually doing the program 
uh, are pretty low unless we're in some sort of frequent contact Mm -hmm. where I can check in with you and we can kind of track your progress where you can say like, oh yeah, I didn't work out at all last week or oh, I only got two of the four days that you programmed for me. How can we adjust? Like without that level of fidelity for me to be able to check in with somebody, uh, I don't know. So that's where it, that, that comes back to that same question. Yeah. Well, how do I implement this down to the lowest level without points of contact at the battalion and company level and even down to the platoon? Hmm. Um, how do I implement that and ensure that they're getting not only a quality product, but then they're getting touch points of check-ins and yeah. regular, like at least some level of an assessment to figure out, well, is the plan actually working? Are you progressing? Is there adaptation that's occurring that is making you stronger, faster, uh, more physically fit? Yeah. All of those things. So <clears throat> Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Final answer. Nerd. Could, yeah, totally. <laughs> could, could be one of the avenues. Um, uh, just an, <laughs> as simple as an Excel spreadsheet popped mm-hmm. up on a website somewhere that guard soldiers can pull down and, and, uh, and utilize on either their phone or a PC. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that could go down to the private level. And I, th- I think that was also another thing that we talked about before is, is why, why, why would some, why would a private in the Washington Army National Guard care about this program? And I think, I think the answer was, was spoken about a little bit earlier, just the applicability. Uh, it's so applicable to everyone's life, soldier, not soldier, civilian soldier, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, because of the enhancement and the human optimization of all of the, those five pillars of H2F, the, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, nutrition and sleep, when all those things are working in concert together beautifully, you're going to be a highly successful individual. Um, mm-hmm. Like your, your, your performance potential gap begins to close pretty quickly and you begin to realize your potential a lot faster when, you're, when all of those five pillars of H2F are working in concert. And it doesn't matter if you're in the guard anymore. If you're really paying attention to those things and you're working on being more physically fit, you have all of these skills, especially in the mental, the mental component of H2F where you're adaptable. You're, you're able to make decisions in uh, maybe an environment where there's risk and or there's there's some tor- some type of adverse or adversity that you're facing. You have to make quick decisions or at least just good decisions within that. And you have that ability because you're paying attention to those things and you're developing those skills. Man, talk about wild applicability to your life, yeah. not only as a citizen, but as a soldier in the guard. So life in the guard and the life after the guard, just wildly applicable to your life. So take, take that private Joe Snuffy. <laughs> that's why it's awesome. Yeah. No, no, that's uh, that's great stuff. I mean, like I, I there's a couple of things that, that major Sims said that, mm. that, that has stuck with me. And it's like, as human beings in general, like mm-hmm. we are meant to, you know, run, jump, we're meant to be able to do these things yeah. just to stay alive. Right. Yep. You know, yep. just to like stimulate your body. Right. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's, that's a big piece of this thing is, um, and that goes back to the smart training thing too. Like you can't always just go in and smash yourself. Like, yeah, absolutely. You need to train hard every once in a while, but there's this mm-hmm. progression and then also a, uh, this undulation of training hard, yeah. training maybe kind of moderately and then lightly and mm-hmm. then throwing in some, some active recovery and, um, just training really smartly to, to optimize human performance. Yeah. Huh. 
<laughs> You're saying it again. Man, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> saying all oh. those big college words. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Hmm. Anything else that we haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about? Oh, gosh. I think it's been pretty... Uh, yeah, I think this is a good primer. I think that um, there's, there's, I mean, we can, we're definitely going to be diving into the the weeds of H2F as as we introduce a few more guests that hopefully will be coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, we've got some pretty exciting, yeah. exciting guest hosts that will come up and, and completely nerd out on this stuff, which is so cool to hear people that are, um, that have been in the game for decades in various aspects of H2F or, or at least touch components that are within the H2F umbrella. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to steal any of their thunder, <laughs> but it would be cool to, okay. uh, to dance in them. I and one of, one of them, spoiler alert, is my former boss at the University of Wyoming. And now he's down in New Mexico. He was a longtime um, human performance optimization coordinator at one of the highest levels you could ever possibly be in. And he, he'll explain that a lot better than I will. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, he touched all aspects of, of what we know now is H2F, but back then it was like Thor 3 plus. So okay. <laughs> very, very, very tip of the spear um, leading thinkers in all different industries that came together to develop the programs that he was a part of. And oh man, yeah, some wild stuff that they were a part of. So it'll be very exciting to hear what he has to say. But yeah, um, I think that's that's all, that's all I have. Uh, <laughs> General um, Dent, he would probably want me to hear. He would want me to say at least something about this. The the H2F program fits so nicely within his six tenets, especially the first one being soldier first, because the H2F program is all about soldier readiness, 100%. Like that is when you look in the FM, that is what they point to as one of the number one goals is soldier readiness. That's all it is. And that's essentially um, – the soldier first mindset, the first tenant mm. of, of his, uh, the Rainier big six. Um, that's it. It's being a soldier first. It's being ready, uh, in every aspect that makes you a soldier. And H2F is a, a great compliment and a great way to ensure that that happens, which is fantastic. Name drop. <laughs> How about that? Yes. Um, that's all I've got. Any any questions from your side? No, I, that we didn't I, touch? I think that was pretty uh, pretty comp- comprehensive. And okay, got a really good idea of what's what's about to come. Yes, yeah. it's, it's exciting. Excellent. Well, thank you for having me on. It's yeah. awesome. Thanks for being here. You bet. <laughs>